Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Let us pray. God of hope and promise, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength, our Redeemer. Amen. A little background on Zechariah. Luke actually begins his gospel with the story of Zechariah, but we often miss Zechariah. We want to get to the story of Mary, the birth of Jesus, the shepherds, the angels. But if you look at Luke, he begins with the story of Zechariah. Zechariah is uh, a member of the tribe of Aaron, and Aaron the tribe of Aaron were the priest of the day. Now, by the time of, of Jesus' birth, the tribe of Aaron was so large that there were more priests than the actual ceremonies themselves. And so they divided the priest up into um, 26 groups. Each of the groups would serve uh, two weeks a year. And they would simply serve as uh, temple priest, but only one. Only one could go into the Holy of Holies, one a day. And there were so many of them that they would select who that priest would be by the casting of lots. Zechariah was an old man when his day came. Zechariah had waited for years for the opportunity to enter into the Holy of Holies, to burn the incense as a sign of God's presence with the people, to make the sacrifice of the animals for those who waited in the temple courtyard to see the smoke and to smell the incense as well as the burning of flesh to indicate the sacrifice. Zechariah had probably thought about what he would say when he got his opportunity, if ever, to enter into the Holy of Holies. What would he pray before the Lord? And when he, had to, when he came out, what would he say to the people that it was like when he was in the Holy of Holies in the very presence of God? He must have gone through it over and over in his head. What will it be like? What will I feel? And so there he is. His day has come. He stands before the Holy of Holies. He is putting incense upon the fire. The smoke is rising. And the angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah. You see, Zechariah is, as his work for the people, the priest who enters the Holy of Holies was to carry the prayers of the people into the Holy of Holies. And since God had been silent for 400 years, one of the primary prayers that that the priest would pray would be to pray for God's voice, to pray for the coming of the Messiah that would free the people from the oppression that they lived under particularly the oppression of King Herod at that time, who was so vile and murderous in his actions toward the Jewish people. And so, Zechariah comes to pray those prayers before the Lord. But Zechariah also has his own prayer in his own pain. He and Elizabeth had never had a child. They were considered barren, cursed, not being able to have children. And so the pain of that 
childless existence Zechariah probably carried into the holies of holies. And so when Gabriel says to Zechariah, you shall have a son and his name shall be called John and he shall prepare the way for the Messiah. Zechariah didn't hear the promise of that. Instead, he looks at the impossibility of it. He says, a child? Are you kidding me? I mean, look at me. Can you see this gray beard? Can you see this gray hair? And have you seen Elizabeth lately? It can't be so. And so, Gabriel's not a happy camper. And he strikes Zechariah mute. Mute to only be able to speak when his son was born and then dedicated. The scripture that Becky read for you is a scripture of Zechariah getting his voice back. It is a prophecy. It is the first word of prophecy that has come for the Lord in 400 years. When Zechariah gets his voice back, he is now switched from the impossibility to the possibilities of what God is bringing to God's people. Zechariah has made a complete turnaround. When John is born, Zechariah gives the prophecy that a mighty Savior shall be born. That God will remember God's holy covenant with God's people. Zechariah speaks of a new day coming. The coming of God's mercy. That his son John will prepare the way for the coming Messiah. And will give knowledge. The knowledge of salvation to God's people. And then he ends the prophecy with these words. By the tender mercies of God. The dawn from on high will break upon us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of peace. Zechariah's made a complete turnaround. He's gone from a man of doubt and questioning to a man of faith who now hears the word of the Lord and speaks it as such. And we know from the Gospels that his son does go to prepare the way of the Messiah and to speak of the way of salvation to the people, the knowledge of salvation and to provide a new baptism, a new baptism of salvation. I think now more than ever we need to hear these words because this prophecy continues to be fulfilled 2,000 years later. If, if we would just look at the words and read the words over and over and over again, we would see that God is in the midst of who we are and what we are. God is in the midst of the problems of this world to bring a newness of life, a new dawn, a new day. We need to hear these words of hope. For we so often hear how our culture is choked with the threats to our values. There's political chaos and community violence that we see on the television every, every night and throughout the day. Darkness threatens to dampen our Christmas spirit. And the national spotlight, it shines upon these ills. I mean, we cannot get away from them. We cannot get away from the war in Israel, the war in, 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 in Europe. It, it is just constantly in front of us. 
And so we stop listening to what God has to say to us. But we all know that the world has always been unstable. We all know that there has always been violence. We live in a broken world. But what God is promising to us with these words and with the birth of Jesus is that God is always with us. That God is for us. And there will be a day when all the tears will be wiped away. There will be a day when the new Jerusalem shall come. There will be a day when God's kingdom will be established upon the earth. There will be a day when all the dreams of every prophet and every faithful follower will be fulfilled. We cannot let the voices of those who doubt this word silence the word of our Lord. For they will say, where is your hope? They will say that this story of the star of Bethlehem is but a myth. They will say, the evil of our world is just too much. They will ask, tell me, where is your God when there's so much pain? In some ways, that is a good question. Where is God? Where is God? Here's what I believe. God is with the hurting. God is with the mother whose baby continues to cry throughout the night. God is with the soldier on the battlefield who is surrounded by death. God is with the father and mother who grieves and stands at the grave of their child. God is with those who are torn by relationship strife. And God is with the angels. God is with the angels who are proclaiming peace on earth. Do not listen to what you hear, but listen to the voice of God. So shall we live in fear? Shall we? Shall we live in fear? The alternative to live in fear to be freaked out when anything goes wrong, truly kind of becomes a separation between us and God. It was fear in Zechariah that ultimately was, was the first barrier for Zechariah. It was fear that caused Zechariah to look upon himself and his own situation rather than to look upon the promises of God. It was fear <laughs> that ultimately keeps us from growing in our faith. Because when we trust God, when we trust God, fear has no place. The Bible speaks often of the hope of peace. In fact, depending on how you translate the Greek or the Hebrew in our English Bibles... Peace is mentioned three to four hundred times. Three to four hundred times from Genesis to Revelation. <clears throat> you can barely go but a few pages before you hear again about peace. About the hope of peace and what God is promising to bring to this world. In Isaiah 26, 3 he says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. In Colossians, Paul's letter, let us let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. 
from Romans, another letter. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. And then from Luke, from the angels, glory to God in the highest and on earth to those on whom God's favors rest. Let there be peace. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life when my faith fails. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, sometimes life just knocks you down. And we have to ask the question, what do we do when the trials become too much? Our, our temptation, and my temptation, is to turn to my own devices. To, uh, to take, try to take control of my life. And I leave less time for my loved ones, for my Lord, for my church. I end up filling my life full of distractions. But will we forget the times in the past that God has brought us through the rough times? Will we forget the blessings, the healings, the miracles, and every good thing that God has done for us? Will we? For the time has come for us to lift up our eyes to the hills from whence our help comes. It is God's time. In a few weeks, we will experience the longest night and the shortest day. And to me, it, it is a perfect time for the story of Christmas and the, and the remembering of the birth of Jesus because the birth of Jesus is the promise of light coming into darkness. It is the promise of love eliminating hatred. It is the promise of peace that comes upon chaos. It is the promise that God is with us and will not forsake us. The longer I live, the more I realize that everything ultimately is in God's hands. Now, I... Anybody else in here a control freak? I, I, yes, I see you. I see the hands. I see the hands coming up. All yeah, you know. I want you know. It's tough giving up control. But what I've learned is the more I give up control to my Lord, the closer I get to living fully for Him and to hearing His voice and to seeing His work. May we say yes in our hearts to the Christ child this season. May we say yes to the Lord who wants to draw near to us. May we say yes. And so how do we find this hope? Let us find times to rest, not to be distracted, not to be so busy with all of life, but to rest. And in that rest, therefore, to be able to listen, to hear what God has for us. To listen with our ears, our spiritual ears. Whether we <clears throat> take time to sit in front of the Christmas tree with the lights on the Christmas tree and the, and the house dark. And just let the silence, let the silence speak to us. Or, or maybe if you'd like, come and sit in the celebration hall and, and just sit in silence to hear what God has to say. 
Take time for the sacred. You want to find peace? (laughs) Hold tight to those that you love. That will bring peace. I leave you with this prayer. It actually comes from away in the manger. And we sing it. We sing it every year. We sing it over and over again. We hear it at the malls. We hear the children sing it. Away in the manger, away in the manger. Do we listen to the words? Do we listen to the prayer? Be near me, Lord Jesus. I ask thee to stay. Close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care and fit us for heaven to live with thee there. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.